Hello, this is Caesar, and you're listening to Sound Encounters, a music podcast where I explore new and classic releases, different genres, and your favorite artists and bands. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Hope you are staying safe and healthy. I'm sure we're going to experience another influx of coronavirus cases and we're going to be staying indoors even longer than uh, we originally thought, but that means more time to staying and listening to music. You know, I, I spent a better time in my quarantine listening to music, listening to albums that have been on my uh, on a list that I've created, a list that I've uh, comprised over these past couple of months, which includes like Mars Volta, Flipper, some Shoo Shoo, some Pink Floyd, Suffocation, all that good stuff. I've also been listening to a lot of jazz, a lot of artists like Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Ornette Coleman, the usual suspects. I like listening to jazz around this time of year. I, you know, I originally started listening to jazz. I really got into it and really loving it a couple of summers ago. So it's always a good time to listen to jazz in the summer. But I am curious, what, what are you guys listening to during quarantine? Any new artists? Are you just sticking to new releases? I'm curious. Please let me know on Twitter. Tag me. I'm at Cesar Torres, C-A-E-S-A-R underscore Torres. And let's get talking about music. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to go over five hardcore punk albums you can listen to to get into the genre. And funny enough, hardcore is another genre that I I find myself listening to around this time of year as I've also discovered my love for that genre during that same summer I discovered jazz. So I'm listening to both hardcore and jazz, you know, two genres that couldn't go more perfectly together. But before we get into that, we have to go over this past week in music as we have had a decent amount of new releases come out. So let's get started with that. All right, so let's take a look at this past week in music. We're going to start with the singles here. We have a handful of them. The first one being My Own Soul's Warning by The Killers. This is their third single from their upcoming album coming out later in the year. Another generic Killers track, I got to say. I haven't been a fan of the material that they have been releasing uh, recently. Which is kind of crazy because I am a fan of their style of synth pop and and Heartland rock. I, I've been a fan of of them for a while now, but you know I haven't been really hearing anything new from them. If anything, I, I feel like they're they're more imitating new wave artists from the '80s. Because of that, you know, it, it's just very bland. Nothing new. I, I wish they would go in a different direction. I wish they would create. Or I guess they are creating like these catchy and fun tracks, but they're not really saying anything new. They're not really doing anything new here. So not really impressed by this new Killers track. And then we have a new Idols track. This one is called Grounds. If you don't know who Idols are, they are a a post-punk outfit from the UK. They also have a new project coming out later this year. It's called Ultra Mono. This is the second single that they've released for this project. And, and so far, I'm liking this one more than I liked the first one. I've been a fan of their their politically driven lyrics. And the front man, Joe T- uh, Talbot, Talbots, probably butchering it. I've always been a fan of his, his rough and aggressive vocals. So, you know, pretty much uh, on point with Idols' music. They've got this repetitious guitar riff driving most of the melody, which is punctuated by uh, this this kind of harsh sounding synth, and and I really like it. And now we have "Black Parade" by Beyonce. And no, this is not a cover of an MCR song, nor is it Beyonce's take on on emo. Although that would have been pretty interesting, huh? Well, anyway, this new track was released on Juneteenth, 
it's pretty much a celebration of being black and, and what that means in America. The song also features this minimalistic trap beat that kind of develops into this triumphant composition as the horns near the end. It sounds It sounds pretty uplifting, and, and, and it's an encouraging track, so I recommend listening to it as well. And finally, we have another Juneteenth release, Lockdown by Anderson Pock. Another surprise release. This one is a protest song. It is probably the chillest and grooviest protest song that I've ever heard. He also details his experience at a BLM protest. Does this mean we're going to get a new project soon? I don't know. Probably not. You know, he released Ventura uh, last year. So if we got a new project this soon, I'd be pretty surprised. But, you know, another great track from Anderson Pock. Love his work. And now we are going to get into the albums from this past week. I want to talk about two significant ones that I listened to. The first one being Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, which I have to say right off the bat, probably has the most beautiful cover art of the year so far. Just just take a look at it. Love the contrasting colors. Love her in the middle. I think it's very pleasing to the eye. I think it's very pretty. But but for the music, I, I feel like Phoebe Bridgers is an artist that I should like more. I feel like I, I should like her style of Indian chamber folk because it's a genre that, that pretty much defined my childhood. I, I loved listening to Indian chamber folk growing up, but because of that, I feel like I'm hypercritical of new Indian chamber folk music coming out because I, I, I'm tired of the same sound over the past decade. Everything pretty much sounds the same. There's a lot of uh, of, of artists that sound similar in terms of vocals and compositions. But in terms of Bridgers, um, I, I really haven't been impressed with her past two works that I've listened to, that being her debut, Stranger in the Alps, and her collaboration project with Connor Oberest from Bright Eyes, Better Oblivion Community Center. Those were two albums that, you know, I, I, I didn't really remember as much. I think I did end up liking a couple of tracks from both uh, projects, but other than that, you know, those projects were pretty forgettable not really remembering a co- like a lot of of good things from those albums and i was hoping for something different here for bridgers but i got to say that's not what we got although we do have a couple a handful of of pretty great songs here kyoto being one of them this is the third track off of the album it has a pretty great energy to it it's pretty fun as phoebe recounts visiting kyoto japan while touring over there we got these uplifting horns and guitars that give this track a, a life-affirming energy to it. And again, her vocals are great. I'm a huge fan of, of Phoebe's vocals as, as she's able to convey this beauty and this melancholy as, as well as this bittersweet element to it that I feel is very prominent in the indie folk, chamber folk scene. But, it, you know, she, her, her vocals are really great here. She even gives this yell right before the chorus starts that I that I really like. And then Punisher, the title track, is a, is a very sweet and sentimental tribute to Elliot Smith. Elliot being one of her main inspirations, she's a big fan of Elliot's music. And, and it's a song that's very relatable because, you know, we get this song that's a perspective from a fan wanting to meet their, their idols, their inspirations, and yet being uh, upset or being saddened because they cannot talk to them They as Elliot has passed away. And... and so, you know, Phoebe, Phoebe is like speaking for us whenever uh, a famous artist passes away that, that we really love. And the composition here pretty much backs up this subject as, as there's dreamy keys and somber strings all over this track. It, it honestly sounds like how the cover art looks. 
It's such a breathtaking composition, one of my favorites off this record. Then we get the closer, I Know the End. Uh, this is another just standout track. You know, I love the slow buildup. The first half of this song is gentle and quiet. Uh, and then it quickly diverges into chaos as as these triumphant horns, crashing drums, and, and wailing guitars that are almost shoegazy start to build and then takes us out for the rest of the track. I hear a bit of Sufjan Stevens in these horns, so I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, if he was an inspiration for Phoebe for this track. And then a section of, of backing vocals comes out near the end. And and they they end up giving this this sudden scream that comes out of nowhere. And then this and Phoebe's guttural scream near the end makes this a chill-inducing closer. And yeah, while I love all these songs, the songs in between the title track and the closer are 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 just so dry to me. They're so tiresome, really derivative, and I don't find a majority of this record that interesting. And I probably wouldn't really revisit a lot of these songs. And then finally, we get Rough and Rowdy Ways by Bob Dylan. This is Dylan's 39th record across nearly six decades of music. Pretty surprising. And, and I'm not talking about the the high number of records that he's released, but I feel like that number should be higher. You could just go to Spotify and look at all these, these records, like all the rows that he takes up uh, in the album section. I, I feel like he should have more, but those are mostly like live tracks or, or cover albums. But yeah, 39th album. And this is a, this was a pretty interesting listen for me as I have been listening to a lot of his early works. I, did, I just recently got into Bob Dylan over a year ago. And, you know, the biggest question on my mind, what does he sound like in 2020? Well, if you're expecting any extravagant arrangement or a sudden switch up of sound, um, no. We, we have those folk, hard blues and Americana compositions that he's pretty much known for. And they all sound really good. There's only a handful of tracks that I would say that the arrangements are pretty forgettable but for the most part they are solid they are Dylan and that's all I have to say about that because the main draw of this record at least for me is is what he tackles on here he tackles mortality and death and and the human condition and it's very apparent from the first track I contain multitudes he starts off by just saying he's only human and he lists his contradictions you know his character his thoughts and his flaws and it was a very just personal listen, not just this track, but the entire record. And as he brings up, you know, mortality and death, you know, it's it's almost hard to consider that he's almost 80 years old. And, and, and it's just so hard to just let go of that, that legendary status for him as, as he's done so much for music. You know, at least for me, it, it's just really hard to forget that our idols are humans. Then we have other tracks that, that display his humility and his devotion to Christ. But, you know, the through line here is death. The penultimate track, Key West, Philosopher Pirate, it, it is just a song full of contentment. As it seems like he's ruminating on his life and, and on his death. There's a track earlier on here, I've made up my mind to give myself to you, that almost sounds like he is accepting his fate. He's accepting death. And and it almost seems like he's giving us his, his black star in a way, as he knows he's going to die or he's thinking about his death and, and he wants to give us one last hurrah, one last thing to remember him by. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a hard record to swallow, but it, it, I can't deny the beauty and, and the human quality of this record and, and just how amazing it is. This theme of death correlates uh, on the final track, Murder Most Foul, which 
was a track that I didn't really see the connection at all. You know, it talks about the JFK assassination, and it seemed pretty out of place. It seemed pretty jarring to have a song about JFK and the assassination in 2020. But it seems like this is the catalyst for Dylan to talk about death, for him to talk about. He wanders in this track. He talks about the decay of the country. He talks about music history. And this is an artist that has a lot on his mind. And to have all of his thoughts just be poured out into this one song, the last track, on his 39th record, it's just so like Bob Dylan. And, you know, I can't really tell you how great this record is. Uh, Just give it a listen. Rough and Rowdy Ways by Bob Dylan is a strong recommend for me. Love this record. Love Bob Dylan. And I'm glad that we have new Bob Dylan material in 2020. And with that... That does it for this past week in music. All right, so for the main event for this episode, we're going to take a look at hardcore punk and five albums to get you into hardcore punk. Hardcore is a subgenre of punk music that favors faster, heavier, and more aggressive energy. We get more yelling and screaming from vocalists, a somewhat DIY and stripped-down production, and songs lasting two minutes or even less. Hardcore also promotes punk's very anti-establishment ethos, and what we usually get is a bunch of teenagers screaming at the music industry, disavowing commercialism, and lyrics that are politically charged. And if that doesn't win you over, I don't know what will, to be frankly honest. Hardcore punk is also another genre that I discovered during the summer. So around this time of year, I like to rediscover hardcore punk and and listen to releases that I haven't listened to before. So I think this is a great time to talk about hardcore punk. So without further ado, here are five albums to get you into hardcore punk. Minor Threats, Minor Threat EP. Now, I'm kind of cheating with this one already, as this one is an EP, but if you like this one, I can offer an alternative once I'm done talking about this EP. Minor Threat were kind of pioneers to the hardcore punk sound uh, of the 80s. This is a good album to listen to when getting into hardcore punk, because uh, what can I say other than this is hardcore punk at its purest? This band was formed in D.C., fronted by Ian McKay. Generally speaking, I think the EP format was perfect for hardcore punk. Most of these songs, again, would range one to two minutes long, even less than that. Great when trying to figure out if you like hardcore punk or not. I absolutely loved it when I first heard it. I loved their no bullshit attitude, like on I Don't Want to Hear It, as well as the pure anger that can be heard on Seeing Red. They also started the straight edge movement, as a lot of the lyrics refer to abstaining from drinking and and doing drugs. And I I thought that was a very admirable inclusion to this record. I definitely didn't realize that there was even a straight edge movement within punk. We also get a hardcore punk staple with the song Minor Threat, a song that really dismisses those who are eager to enter adulthood and, and talks about the values and the joys of youth. You know, Ian McKay really understood that and really championed that youthful energy. Like I said, it's a short listen. It'll definitely take you less than... 30 minutes to listen to this EP. And if you want more, you could just listen to the Minor Threats entire discography. They've only released two EPs, I think a single and a full length album 
that put them all together, it's about 40, 50 minutes of listening. So if you just want to make it through the entire Minor Threat discography, I would definitely recommend listening to that as well, as they have other great songs from those EPs, from those singles, and their album. Bad Brains' self-titled album. Bad Brains is another act hailing from DC. However, they incorporate reggae and dub into their music, and, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to include them, because hardcore can also incorporate different genres, as we see here on Bad Brains' uh, self-titled release. Leaving Babylon, I Love Ja, and Ja Calling are all reggae songs that offer a bit of a breather between these hardcore ragers in the track list. It took me a while to adjust to this sound as I, I didn't want breathers in between these hardcore tracks, but I, I learned to love them. I really learned to appreciate them and, and what they were saying and, and the, the differences in what they were doing. We also switched that pure anger from Minor Threat to this this optimism that they present on Bad Brains. You know, listen to a song like Attitude and HR, the frontman for this album, talks about a positive mental attitude. We also see that anger here. Uh, against the government uh, on songs like The Regulator, which calls out the controlling nature of the government. They're, they were banned from playing in D.C., and we can hear that in the song Banned in D.C., and they were banned for their kind of rebellious uh, nature, their rebellious attitude, and, D and D.C. didn't want that. D.C. kind of censored that, and so they were banned from playing any venues in D.C. We also get songs that point out the dark history in America, uh, especially with segregation on Big Takeover. You know, these songs have that rebellious, angry nature, but what I like about Bad Brains is they always remind us to stay positive as, as this album kind of ends with a reminder of that positive mental attitude that they championed earlier in the record. Damaged by Black Flag Formed in California, Black Flag was the brainchild of guitarist and primary songwriter Greg Ginn. By the time Black Flag was ready to record this album. They've already been through three main vocalists and three EPs, so that's like a vocalist for every EP. Enter Henry Rollins, who became the frontman of Black Flag for several years, starting with this LP. And he was, pre he was pretty much a perfect fit for this band, as his rough and confrontational voice was a perfect match with these songs that criticized the police, alcoholics, and the masses. Rise Above is an iconic opener, as it attacks the media and their interpretation of the punk movement. You know, the media, the masses were not really in favor of the punk movement. But make no mistake, do not underestimate Black Flag. There's that underlying message in, in a lot of these punk albums that I'm going to talk about where you just don't underestimate these guys or you'll regret it. And, and Black Flag really comes out swinging on this record, telling you to not underestimate them. One of the uh, other aspects I love about this album and this band is, is how they talk about mental health in their music. You know, there's a song called Depression that paints a picture of what depression is like. The refrain on here uh, goes, Depression's got a hold of me. Depression, I gotta break free. Depression's got a hold of me. Depression's gonna kill me. We also get these manic episodes on Damage 2 and, and Life of Pain, really bringing the conversation of mental illness and self-harm into punk. And, you know, we also have one of the funnest Dude Bro songs with TV Party as a couple of dudes hanging out drinking brews, watching TV. So yeah, this, this album, while it definitely is kind of lacking a, a singular message, is really fun and, and, and it's a great time. Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables by Dead Kennedys. Another California group, this one takes elements of surf punk, which is characterized by 
sort of cheerful melodies and, and reverb dreamt tremolo guitars. But make no mistake, they, they are a hardcore group, but their lyrics aren't really as cheerful as the melodies would lead on. East Bay Ray and Jello Biafra, I'm going to butcher that name, really set up this anti-war rhetoric with this record. You know, you get songs like Kill the Poor and, and Chemical Warfare and When You Get Drafted, and it really criticizes the the hard-on that the American government has for war and, and dominating these countries that they go to war with. When You Get Drafted is a personal favorite of mine because it's a commentary on, on the economy and, and the racist propaganda in, in the U.S. You know, you get these Republican presidents and, and these officials who, who want to go to war when the economy is suffering because, let's face it, you know, the economy benefits when we go to war with other countries and, and you know, the authority figures in charge of that are, are getting all this money, they're profiting from wars. And then on the other side, we have this racist propaganda commentary from the band that pretty much states that when we go to war with these foreign countries, the American government creates this racist propaganda for back home just to form morale or to reassure ourselves that what we're doing is is the right thing when all of it's very scummy, all of it's very just disgusting. We also get one of the most iconic punk songs of Holiday in Cambodia. You know, most of this album features these soaring riffs and, and catchy hooks, but Holiday in Cambodia is is the one that really takes the cake in terms of the best composition on this record. It's a critique of self-righteous behavior. At the time this song was written, there was a genocide uh, occurring in Cambodia under the regime of, of Pol Pot. So Jello basically tells these self-righteous preppy kids to go over to Cambodia and help when this monstrosity, when this tragedy is taking place in the country. And so, yeah, we were presented with these politically charged anthemic punk songs. And Fresh Roof for Rotting Vegetables is definitely a punk masterpiece. And speaking of punk masterpieces, we got the final hardcore punk album that I want to talk about, G.I. by Germs. This is considered by many one of the first hardcore albums, if not the first hardcore album, as it was released in 1979. Composed by both Darby Crash and Pat Smear, G.I. really set the groundwork for hardcore to come as we get those fast and punchy guitars and aggressive shouty vocals. Darby's vocals are, are really powerful, especially with the last track that I'm going to talk about soon, but... But we get these politically driven lyrics that also influence other bands in, in, in hardcore. You know, we get a critique of both capitalism and communism on, on a song like Communist Eyes. It's promoting more anarchy in America, promoting less controlling governments and giving power to the people. We see another critique of the media here on Media Blitz. As we know, the masses in the media did not really care or wanted to paint punks in a unfavorable light. We Must Bleed is a personal favorite of mine. I love how the guitars sound like they are spiraling out of control, and it creates this somewhat dizzying effect that keeps me coming back to this song. And then we get another punk masterpiece on this record, Shut Down Annihilation Man. This is the last track of the album. It's, it's really slow and drawn out, nearing 10 minutes in length. I really like Darby's grimy vocal performance on this one as he talks about needing control in his life. It's pretty much a chaotic track that keeps going as the chords screech along with Darby's mumbling vocals. Definitely one of my favorites. Definitely one of my favorite records. And so yeah, that's that's five hardcore punk albums to get you into the genre. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have any recommendations of your own? Do you think I, I could have incorporated a better example, let me know. Either message me on Anchor, or you could respond to me on Twitter at Caesar underscore Torres. 
hashtag Sound Encounters Hardcore. And let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what are your favorite hardcore punk albums. Well, that does it for this week of Sound Encounters. I'm thinking of doing a guide to an artist or another five albums list. I haven't really decided yet, but if you have some ideas, send them my way on Twitter. Once again, at Caesar underscore Torres. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast now on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Soundstripe for their wonderful selection of music, which I used today. And thank you for tuning in and listening and supporting my little show here. I'm Caesar. This has been Sound Encounters, and I'll see you next week.